Finally, that day came when she had to establish her own domain, but over his dominion, she had no reign. So one set out in pursuit of a higher fate and joined with two to form the third triumvirate. Journeys of departure branching into the unknown, but on these mics, this triad has found its home. In one accord, three she's offer you their counsel. Raise your frequencies to the Empress High Council. Great day, queens and kings, and welcome to the Empress High Council. Thank you for tuning in, and don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and share button. Great day, royal family, and welcome to Episode 7, Spirituality. Don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and share button. You can follow us at Tri Empress on IG and Twitter, or you can just Google us, Empress High Council. We're everywhere. This is the alchemist coming to you on the frequency of energy to transmute your social and financial currency into abundance. I would like to thank our listeners and subscribers. Thank you for your comments, like Nadine from Long Island, who said this is the perfect platform for women who are entrepreneurial-minded and stuck in corporate America. Jennifer from Washington, D.C., who said as a young woman just entering one of the most professional stages of her life, this is greatly helping her and her friends navigate through a corporate culture that they were not prepared for and their parents just don't have the answers. Because of this podcast, they no longer have to suffer in silence. Hashtag corporate burnout. And to Dr. Kevin Johnson in Fort Lauderdale, who said, I'm glad you included men because this is the same circumstance that we face. Hmm. And Melissa in Elmont stated, it feels like she was at the table with us and included in a real conversation. It's true mentorship that people don't talk about that actually affects your daily life and the reality of the dream we were sold, exposed. Royal family, I'd like to thank you for your love, support, and time. We will keep bringing you our best. Now, let's just jump into it. Our roundtable talks today are going to be on spirituality. But first, let me set the table with a quote from Gandhi. Happiness is when you think, what you say, and what you do are all in harmony. Don't let anyone walk through your mind with dirty feet. So what is spirituality? Spirituality can be literally defined as a broad concept with room for many perspectives. In general, it includes a sense of connection to something bigger than ourselves and typically involves a search for meaning in life. It is a universal human experience, something that touches us all. According to an article I read in Psychology Today by Dr. Ryan T. Howell, spirituality is an increasingly important topic in the world today. Spirituality is a search for something sacred. Individuals approach the realm of spirituality through religion, meditation, yoga, and even personal reflection. But in the context of the Empress High Council, spirituality does not come from religion. It comes from the center, the source that keeps you grounded. So ladies, let's talk about spirituality a little bit. But audience, I want you to be here with us at the table. And I want you to ask yourselves these questions as well. What is spirituality? Where are you spiritually? This is Nadia coming at you. I am in a space of growth, 
learning to know that I can depend on him, the almighty. Not that I didn't know that I couldn't depend on him before, but now it's bigger than just me saying my prayers when I wake up in the morning or before I go to bed at night. Right now it's more of a never ending conversation, a digging deeper into readings, being still and quiet, clearing my mind, purging my body and my space, burning incenses to enlighten and provoke positive vibrations. I have subconsciously purged negative persons, things, and energies from my world and have invited and aligned myself with more positive forces. Sounds like you're growing to me. <laughs> <laughs> right? A lot of spiritual growth there. Yes. So this is Jazz Aphrodite coming to you on the three universal frequencies of love, music, and numbers. And I've been on an intense spiritual journey for the past nine years. We heard in the last episode that I'm currently in a nine personal year. And in numerology, nine is the completion of a cycle. The cycle that I'm completing is my second pinnacle cycle. And the pinnacles are nine-year cycles of lessons and challenges that help us to achieve our life path, what we were put on this earth to learn. So we learned that the life path is found by adding the digits of your birth month, birth day, and the birth year. And those three digits are added together to get the life path number. Those same three digits are used to determine the pinnacles. So my first pinnacle lesson, which ended on my 35th birthday, was a six and my challenge was a two. So that's my birth month, which is a four, added to my birthday, which is a two. And then you subtract those numbers to get the two challenge. My second pinnacle lesson, which is ending at the end of this month, is a seven. And that's found by adding my birthday two to the birth year number, which is five. And my challenge is a three because we subtract those two digits. So there are four pinnacle cycles and we all have them. Listeners, I am so grateful for this seven pinnacle cycle, but I am so happy that it's over. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. For the past nine years, I've been learning about the metaphysical, searching for answers to things unseen and hidden, and developing a fine art, all of which is required in a seven pinnacle lesson. But I didn't have the energy to do much physical work because the seven vibration makes you tired. Mm -hmm. It also makes you very sensitive to loud noises. Seven is the number of spirituality and the law, the universal laws of ethics, morals, and love. So this cycle gave me a lot of hard lessons dealing with the law and love, and it required me to be on the positive side of both, or else I'll have to revisit these lessons in another lifetime. And I will tell you, your girl is tired. <laughs> I am so over this third dimension. <laughs> so what made me truly develop my spirituality is that I was under a psychic attack for years. I was under spiritual duress and was ready to give up and surrender. It's one thing to defend yourself from a physical or verbal attack, but having someone do spiritual work against you and you can't see it or don't know where it's coming from is torment. If you don't have a strong mental resolve, it can send you mad. So I had to learn how to defend myself and fight back spiritually. And it forced me to develop my clears fully. So people are like, what the hell is a clear? <laughs> so there are six clears and I have five of these six. The first one is the clairvoyance. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and that is to see clearly. So my dreams will reveal all and show me everything that's going on. The second one is clear cognizance, and that's to know clearly. And that used to occur a lot when I was in school. The answer to a question would just pop in my head, and I doubt it because the answer came too easy. Right. So it stopped happening until I was in this seven pinnacle. Then there's clear audience to hear clearly, and this is an internal voice that sounds like your voice in your head, and it tells you things about people or situations. <laughs> And I tend to argue with this voice all the time, and it always proves me wrong through some supernatural event. Then there's clear aliens, and that's to smell clearly. Hmm. So I smell the colognes of ex-boyfriends or different scents associated with people or places, and I'll know my ex is thinking about me at that moment or that spirit is trying to tell me something. Then there's clear sentience, and that's to feel clearly, and that's when your body is responding to a negative energy in your pores or your hairs on your arms raised, or when you're in a crowd and you can tell something is about to happen because you can feel a shift in the air, and that happens to me a lot, which is why I hate being in parades or large crowds of people. And the last is clear gustance, and that's to taste clearly. This is the only one I don't have. Or maybe I do have it and I'm mistaking it for a food craving. Mm. Girl, I love some food. You sure mm. do, Jackie. I, I think you probably have it. You sure. Mm. But I'm in line with you, too. I have all five clears. And we talk about it from time to time. And I don't recognize that I have them until Jackie's like, I'm like, hey, Jackie, you know what? I was on a train and I'm smelling sage. It's all over me. She was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, sage. She said, did you sage today? No, I didn't sage today. I'm just smelling it. I'm smelling Palo Santo. Like, it's just all over the place. And it just follows me. But I remember saying this um, in another episode that I'm in the best place spiritually that I've ever been. However, there is room for growth. I've learned a lot of different practices from multiple religions, and I just kept what worked for me. My great-grandmother who raised me was a Baptist. My mother was a Muslim for a while until she was converted to a Buddhist by my godmother, and I'm Torah observant. Mm -hmm. So as a result, I have manifested a sacred spiritual practice that works for me. I feel like I have a light in my chest. I really don't know how to explain it, but I just feel like I have a light, in, like Tony Stark's Iron Man. Yeah. Like I have a light <laughs> in my chest, right? And it's a very bright light. And I really, like I said, don't know how to describe it, but it's just a light. It's a, it's a flame. Mm. And I feel like it's in my chest and I carry this flame. So that is my, uh, <laughs> that's where I'm at spiritually. But right. I know, I know flame that flamethrower. Flamethrower, exactly, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about um, audience and ladies at the round table, empresses. Let's talk a little bit about your inspiration. Where does your inspiration come from? Well, I have so many inspirations. I mean, sitting in a room with the alchemist and jazz Aphrodite is inspiration <laughs> to want more with a financial guru to my left. And a numerologist to my right, what more can I ask for, you know? <laughs> but seriously, my inspiration is my daughter. She gives me life and makes me want to stop at nothing to allow her to have a life better than what I did. I tried to be whom I wanted as a kid for her. Mm. Her innocence has some type of divine influence that immediately exerted upon my mind and soul to want to lay a foundation for her to be able to just be, be free, to free her wings, and not worry about working to make ends meet. Hmm. Having her has my mind thinking that I should have another child. You know, seriously, because my vision of how 
I'm about to hit this ground running and take off with my goals to the next level has me thinking the abundance I am about to receive, how is she going to manage it all? The finances, the property, she's gonna need assistance, trustworthy assistance. She just inspires me to be all that I can be for her and lay that brick road that she could just walk fully upon and thrive. I love that. <laughs> yeah. My inspiration comes from nature and being outside. I remember I got a reading from an astro numerologist who lives next door to my grandmother's house. And I grew up in this house next door and never knew this woman was a reader. But I was recommended to her about six years ago. And at the end of her reading, she made me choose a chakra card out of a deck. And the card that I pulled would be the chakra that I'd have to develop. So I pulled out the crown chakra. And at the time, I wasn't really into chakras. So I was like, whatever, I don't even know what that means or even how to develop that. <laughs> but the crown chakra opens up to allow energetic downloads to come through the scalp. And the word inspire, in actuality, it means in spirit. And it means to be infused with a divine influence. So whenever we're inspired, we're working with angelic and ancestral information that is sent to us through the crown. So if the crown is blocked, so is your inspiration. And I opened my crown when I started doing yoga. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm still looking for someone to do my chakra clearing for me. That's what I'm still working on, which I, I think I may not really need it, but it's good to just, you know, have it a little good check. To do that. It's, it's good to have a little check just in case something is like 30% blocked or whatever. I want all the chakras open. But my inspiration is living my life the way I want my obituary to be read. Living my life the way I want people to talk about me after I'm gone. I had a health crisis. I, I'm a 9-11 survivor. I lost two of my best friends in one year. Getting married to the love of my life who was very supportive of me and my many talents and endeavors. And being in a position to take care of my family, being there for them and supporting them. Being there to support my friends, being a coach, a mentor, a true friend, a sister, a daughter, a wife, a niece. My inspiration is my loyalty to others and staying true to be able to love up on those who actually need it. Mm. It's just within and it's at my core. My foundation is my inspiration. And as a matter of fact, as I'm thinking about all this, right now that I realize that, my inspiration is to inspire. Actually, that's, that's what right. it is. My inspiration is to inspire. And I believe Gandhi said it best. The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of, of others. others. Right. That's right. Right? Right? Mm -hmm. Right? I think we're on, to, we're on to something. Listeners, royal family, kings and queens and queens and kings and princesses and princes who are listening to this right now I want you to look at where you are spiritually right now I want you to see what your inspiration is kind of dig deep dig within see what your inspiration is now we're going to talk about what is your grounding foundation let's talk about what grounds us well believe it or not my grounding foundation is my home if that makes any sense mm -hmm. I mean I'm at peace I'm comfortable, it's warm, it smells good, it looks great, it holds me, it lets me know that I will be okay. I can stay there for days and days at a time without wanting to leave. 
it recharges me on every level. Hey, you never invited me over. <laughs> you are welcome to come over. Yes, thank you. It's also a home. In that space. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a home that houses my loving mother and sister. It's where I can get food, a decent meal, pull off my wig <laughs> without a concern, showing off my, my, my edge glue. <laughs> That's my foundation, my home. It's welcoming, it's warm, it allows me to be, and... Tell me a little bit about Sunday me. dinners at that home, because... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I need, to, I need to come over there and have some Sunday dinners over Sunday there. Sunday dinners is the traditional macaroni pie with callaloo and rice and wait peas with stewed chicken. First of all, I don't like callaloo. No? Wait, wait, let me, there's a disclaimer. I do not like callaloo. But I love Jackie's callaloo. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I could well, put then, my foot in some callaloo. All right. Well, no, you 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 like my mom's callaloo. Okay. Because okay. Jackie and her mom, oh, my goodness. I remember I used yeah. to run to that foundation. <laughs> that foundation is vegan now, so the food is whack. No, no, no. Oh, man. She, your mother can, she can cook. cook up some, oh, yeah, no. some vegan food and what? make it taste really good. I thought I was eating steak one time. She wow. was like, no, 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 Nadia. That is not steak. <laughs> wow. I've been trying to get some of this callaloo that Jackie made one time and had me hooked. I've been trying to get some of that callaloo for the last I eight years. I told you I'll teach you how to make it. No, we want you to make teach it. Teach us how to make it. Yeah, that's true. I'll make it. I'll make Thank it. you. Thank you I'll very much. You. you can come to my house and make it. I'll make I get it. All I'll do that. Okay. Well, my grounding foundation is loss. I think I have a fear of loss, not losing things or losing people, but it's a fear of losing the opportunity to be there for somebody when they need it and they don't thrive or or survive. They wind up falling further down in the rabbit hole. So being available, that is kind of like my grounding foundation. But it does take a lot out of me because I'm there for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. believe it or not. And so I had to find ways to tap back in naturally. So naturally, you guys know, I've said it before, I'm a rock collector. I collect rocks. I told you the story about my grandmother who threw away my rock collection that she found (laughs) in the dresser drawer of her good, real wood furniture. I spend money on rocks, guys, and these rocks are crystals. I have my eye out on one right now. (laughs) Always, every week. It's a $3,000 citrine geode. (laughs) And I am forfeiting two Christmases my birthday, Valentine's Day, and a vacation just for this citrine geode. I own over 100 different crystals and a few geodes. I'm getting into geodes now. Come to think of it, in my neighborhood, everybody's house has grass. My house is full of rocks. We have rock gardens. There's a rock garden in the front. There's a rock (laughs) garden in the back. There's a rock garden on both sides. And they're grounding for me for some reason. I, I just feel... They make me feel good. I can actually look at a rock and find beauty, even a regular old rock. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have gone on outings like upstate New York. I mean, this place got to be at least about 10, 12 acres, Mm -hmm. and I wind up finding a crystal on their land. So I have all kinds of bracelets that are made of these amazing crystals. I even have one particular one that I wear to bed at night. I have one that you bought me to, Jazz Aphrodite, just a few short months ago. (laughs) I give stones to people as gifts. Jazz Aphrodite, do you have something to say about that? I give stones to people as gifts. <laughs> so, 
I give stones to people as gifts. And she keeps repeating that because she's trying to throw words. Well, I was introduced to stones through Tish. She went away to St. Lucia in 2012 and bought me back a gift, as she mentioned three times. And she calls me up and she says, Jackie, I bought you a stone to attract true love into your life. Wear it close to your heart. And when I looked at that rose quartz, I was like, I don't want no goddamn rock. <laughs> she went all the way across the friggin' sea and bought me back a rock. <laughs> and Tish is forever the sweetheart. When she saw my reaction, she was like, just put it on your piano. I know how much you love the music. <laughs> oh, I sure did. So I put the rose quartz on my piano. I never saw it on that piano. <laughs> I had it on the piano. Now it's part of my personal collection. But fast forward to 2015, and I'm in the thick of spiritual warfare with my ex, losing my mind, ready to call defeat. And Tish calls me out the blue. And normally, I just let you talk because I'm not really a phone person. Like, I hate talking on the phone. But on this conversation, you were like, girl, I'm always talking. What's going on with you? What's going on in your life? Tell me what's happening right now. And I told you what I was going through spiritually. And you said, I want you to go to the store. Tansy Tang's Gems on Nassau Street is walking distance from your job. And I want you to get a bracelet made with these crystals. And you proceeded to rattle off 10 crystals and their healing properties. And then you made me go and buy all of Judy Hall's crystal Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> so wait. Tish introduced you to Tansy? Yes, she did. Oh, wow. When I see you and Tansy in action, it's like you guys grew up together the way you interact, the way... Oh, That's like wow. my second home. I hang out wow. there all the time, but it was Tish who put me on to Tansy. Nice. So then I won't go into all 10 crystals, but I'll give you the staple stones that everyone should wear daily. Now, before you wear your crystals, make sure you clean them. Don't use water because some stones are porous and will absorb the water. Use carnelian, which is a crystal that cleans other crystals, or smudge them with sage. Some people bury their stones in sea salt or in dirt. Then you have to program your crystals. Hold them up to a light source in your left hand and say, I dedicate said stone, whatever stone it is, to the greatest good of all. Let it be used in love and light. Then you program your crystal to do whatever you want it to do within its natural properties because different crystals are designed to do different things. Mm. So the first stone is black tourmaline. Uh. Before you tell us the first stone, Jackie, let me introduce something to the audience that they actually really don't know about. Because mm. I was just reading on Google, mm -hmm. and Google searches for crystal healing has more than doubled in the past Five years. Wow. It seems that crystals are now the gold standard for healing, meditation, chakra balancing, and herbal medicines. They're kind of like a form of energetic medicine, guys, if you don't know. So Jazz Aphrodite is going to speak with you in regards to some crystals and their properties. But I do want you to know that spiritually, most folks, even celebrities right now, on the down low, mm. Gwyneth Paltrow, Victoria Beckham, Will and Jada Smith, the Kardashians, the Carters, and even Bill Gates, CEO, use crystals today. If you look at a lot of their shows and a lot of their interviews, you'll see a huge geode behind them. And you just think that it's just a prop. No, it's not a prop. It's there for a reason. For a reason. Oh, wow. 
Yes. So as I was saying with the black tourmaline, mm-hmm. that's for the root chakra. And it's one of the most powerful protective gemstones used by shaman for physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual guidance. And it has the ability to absorb negative energy for psychic attacks and repel them, sending it back to its sender. And I say, wear it on your left hand. Some will say to wear it on your right. But all crystals except one should be worn on your left hand because the left hand receives energy and the right hand gives the energy out. So if you wear the black tourmaline on your right hand, the negative energy will be transmitted to you through the left and you want to block it before it gets to you. And I have a real life story about how that stone works. It really does work, people. It really works. The second stone is tiger's eye. And that's for the root and sacral and solar plexus chakras. And tiger's eye is what you wear on your right hand. It's good for releasing fear and anxiety, and it prevents people from draining your energy. So Mm. when you get home from work sometimes and you're feeling as though you don't have a breath left to give to your families because people have drained you throughout the day, whether you're on the train or rubbing up against people on the bus. So tiger's eye is good to retain your positive energy. Wow. Well, I'm new to crystals. I'm not new to crystals, but (laughs) (laughs) I've been collecting rocks for a long time. Rocks, crystals, all of that. But whether you find or whether you want to find love or sleep better, improve your sex life, add a boost to your finances, decrease anxiety, have better circulation, increase your energy, provide protection against psychic attacks, or provide clarity, inspiration, or boost your confidence, There's a crystal for that. (laughs) Yes, there is. There is a crystal for that. I'm supposed to talk a little bit about citrine. Citrine is the money stone, guys. That's all. That's all you need to know. Citrine is the money stone. That's why I want that big, giant citrine (laughs) geode. So if you have a little problem with not having any money in your wallet, get you a little piece of citrine and put it in your wallet, guys. Okay. And when you get the geode, make sure to put it in the furthest left corner of your home from the front door. Mm Because it has to be in a specific spot. I wasn't aware of how powerful these crystals were and the energies that it created when it's in your presence. I was first introduced to crystals by Maleo Nagesti, a certified life coach. She hosted an I Am In Love With Me self-discovery challenge. Shout out to her. And with the help of Jazz Aphrodite for introducing me to the positivity it creates and the assistance it gives with becoming one with yourself. My first crystal was the yellow obsidian. Jazz Aphrodite took me to a spot in Lower Manhattan and told me to touch and feel that whichever one gave me a vibration, that was the one for me. And so I made a connection with my first stone. The yellow obsidian with its beautiful dye which creates this breathtaking yellow color emotionally has a very calming and nurturing vibration. It gives you motivation. Spiritually, It is known as the stone of psychic protection, which brings love, kindness, and healing, and it has the ability to absorb negative energies. Physically, the yellow obsidian's vibrations can help heal the stomach intestines and muscle tissue. It may also prevent bacteria and viral infections. Overall, it is a loving stone. It boosts awareness, helps to calm and center oneself. It also helps to bring abundance, prosperity, joy, love, and all of the energies to do with loving yourself. It allowed me to actually put time into focusing on me. I wore it in my bra <laughs> 24-7 for 30 days mm-hmm. and surrounded myself with everything beautiful. 
Wow. Yeah. I want some of that. Yeah, the yellow obsidian is a nice stone. Yeah, I want some of that. I have a, you know what? I have one of the most beautiful as well as prosperous stones out there. It's called yellow sapphire. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get yellow sapphire. Well, let me tell you about my story about yellow sapphire. So I'm working at Fortune 500 company, mm -hmm. and I decided I'm going to give me a piece of yellow sapphire. So mm -hmm. Tansy Tang was like, I don't have no yellow sapphire. It's very expensive. But I was like, a little piece of stone to get me a little airing is not expensive. So I call this company, and I find somebody to get me this yellow sapphire. They're like, yeah, we have it. You, what do you want? What kind of earring do you want it in? Whatever. I says, listen, how much is it going to cost me? The guy says $400. I was like, oh, great. That's a great price. Tansy Tang, I don't know what she's talking about. It's not that expensive. I can afford $400 for a pair of earrings. And then he pulled out a little tiny dot. Girl. First of all, I had to go to the Diamond <laughs> District. I had to be buzzed in, take a freight elevator. They had to send the freight elevator wow. down for me, back up for me, put me in a special room for these little time, I put it in my ear and it went straight through. <laughs> <laughs> Your hole was too big. I put mm. it in my ear. Went God straight. Man and it, <laughs> it went straight through the hole. So I still have those earrings to this day, and I try to put them on every now and again. But I'm just like so afraid of just dropping. Yeah, this you gear. can't afford to lose that. No, no. But it's so. And I'm gonna tell you, I did have a lot of vibrational prosperity that transmuted into financial prosperity. And folks, I just want to say, these stones are nothing to take lightly. Like no. Tisha already ran off the stats in regards to how many people are Googling mm -hmm. healing crystals, but many of you are in jobs right now and experiencing psychic attacks from people. There are people in your office space who have the corner office with the beautiful view and you know they are dumb as a doornail and you're saying, how the hell did they get that job? Because they are brew hard up. Hmm. Brew hard up. And that's a real thing. They'll be in a meeting with you talking about long-term goals and benchmarks and low-hanging fruit and at night they're going home and putting your name in a cauldron. So this is real. Go and get these crystals so you can protect yourself. And this is just the bare minimum of protection because there are many different layers to spiritual protection, but crystal healing is the first entry point. Absolutely. And I remember, I believe I was Tish, I was having a conversation with where she walked into a store to get some herbs and for healing and different things, and she witnessed working class people speaking with the mentors there absolutely. on how to yes, take down exactly. their yes. co-worker. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Go into yep. Enchantment on any other day and see who the demographic is going into buy of candles absolutely. and all of those things. You can see who's buying it, my absolutely. people. Next we're going to talk about introducing a sacred space into your life, guys, and creating a sacred space. Do you guys have a sacred space? My sacred space I block out as much external negativity as possible. I don't watch the news at all. Nice. I do not read the newspaper at all. Ooh. I limit my exposure to reality TV because that form is mentally, verbally, and spiritually abusive. I don't engage in politics or political conversations at all because that's just another branch of reality TV. 
it boggles my mind to see people get so enraged by Donald Trump because all he is is a grand distraction. <laughs> He's exactly where the powers that be want and placed him. And as long as there's an institution called the Electoral College, the president-elect is out of our hands, people. What we need to start asking ourselves as a collective is what are they hiding from us behind the curtain? And since we don't ask that question as a collective, I just disengage. I stopped watching horror movies, especially now that I'm in a seven pinnacle because I'm susceptible to everything spiritually. Mm -hmm. And I do all of this because today's society is designed to dominate humanity. It makes us anxious. It makes us sick. It makes us feel unworthy. It makes us feel guilty. It takes away all of our glory. And with the onslaught of social media, which I also use in very small doses, it finds subtle ways to police our thoughts, to humiliate us until we start humiliating and destroying ourselves. It's almost like a slow spiritual death. death. So knowing all of this, I just set boundaries for myself. That's great. I'm starting to set boundaries. It's just a matter of where to put that sacred space in my home. I'm still working on creating a sacred space. Yeah, I'm still working on creating a sacred space. That will always be a work in progress for me, especially since my karmic lesson in life is spiritual and I can feel it. Mm. So I'm just going to be quiet on that. Mm, I like that. What about creative endeavors? Do you have any creative endeavors? What is it that you like to do or love to do that you are very, very passionate about? It relaxes you, it elevates you, and you can do it all day and do it for free. What is that? Carnival. It's a festive season. In this event, people who wear colorful masks and costumes are called masqueraders. They participate in a parade, which usually contains large characterized elements, like a circus-like street party, so to speak. However, in the borough of Brooklyn, Carnival is a highly anticipated annual event that takes place on Labor Day Monday on Eastern Parkway. The elaborate parade of calypso and soca bands dressed in extravagant costumes is not only fun to watch, but it's an amazing experience to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Visitors from all over the world and Caribbean natives alike are welcome to join in one of the many carnival mass bands. So I teamed up with a group of Haitian people that formed the carnival mass band called Bamboucher in 2018 last year and created costumes consisting of beautiful reds, whites, and blues. You know, I have my own section and this section was called Independence. It consisted of a front line which had elaborate headpieces and backpacks. A middle section was semi-naked with a skimpy bikini bottom mm -hmm. and a brassiere top. It had headpiece and a backpack as well. We also had a back line which consisted of a small backpack and a headpiece. And it was an amazing experience teaming up with Bamboucher, someone of another Caribbean island. My home island is Trinidad. So it was deep for me to be a part of that. You know, um, a rewarding experience. It allowed me to network and meet people from all walks of life. It is something I will definitely do again, but with the right team of people. Mm. 
you know so creating and helping and bringing people joy is something that I love to do but I it even though I enjoyed doing it I wanted more if mm. that makes any sense. Wow, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That answers the question. That is actually the question. So what is it? What is it for you? So I mentioned that I had to develop a fine art in the seven pinnacle. And the fine art that I am developing is my vocal practice. So I speak about writing more because I'm a naturally gifted writer. And that comes with my name. My name is a seven and I have ten fives in my name. But I've been working hard to be a really great jazz singer. And in my craft, I take obscure jazz instrumentals by artists like Thelonious Monk and Charles Mingus and Miles Davis, and I write my own lyrics to them because I think jazz needs to be reflective of real issues about love and life. And a lot of standards right now are dated. So since jazz is an improvisational music, those moments when I'm on stage and I let go of the melody and I open myself to the possibilities is when I'm at my most creative. And that's when the magic truly happens. That's when I feel that cool breeze penetrating my crown and I know I'm co-creating something great in that moment that can't be duplicated or even remembered when I get off stage. Every creative endeavor that isn't planned is actually a co-creation. It's when we're infused with that divine spirit that we spoke about earlier, guiding us to bring the message into the world because we're just vessels for that message. And jazz allows me to find myself through lyric and experimentation. It's the hardest thing I've ever had to learn. And as far as crystals go, I wear Larimar on my throat when I perform because it opens my throat chakra and allows me to sing my divine feminine truth. And I wear Carnelian, my Carnelian bracelet, because Carnelian is the singer's and speaker's stone that gives you self-confidence and takes away timid feelings. And I'll wear an amethyst bracelet as well to stimulate the crown chakra and open me to psychic downloads or inspiration. Oh, wow. Wow. I have all those crystals. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> too. I love those crystals. Oh, I, I, love, I love every single one of them. I need a geode for that. <laughs> <laughs> you need a budget for that. I, I sure do. Mm-hmm. I sure do. I got to go get like a fourth job just for that. Just a fourth that. full-time job just for that. Well, what stimulates me or what my creative endeavor is, is home decoration. Yeah, I'm always knocking down a wall, putting up a wall, changing the color, vibe, or inspiration of a room, changing a light fixture. Heck, I live in Home Depot and Lowe's and every furniture store I can get into. I can't walk past the furniture store. I'd be like, wait, 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 five minutes, five minutes. They may have some. Let me see, let me see, let me see. I even painted the concrete in my backyard a beautiful sandy beige. I went to the quarry to pick up some sand and I went and got a whole bunch of glitter and I mixed the sand, the paint, and the glitter up just to give the ground a nice texture. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then came the gazebo. Then came the chandelier for the gazebo. Then came the outdoor furniture. (laughs) Now, when I think about it, yeah, I can understand why my husband is saying, this just gets out of control. <laughs> I came home one day with over 200 feet of crown molding, then went out and bought a miter saw because we couldn't cut it with the regular hand saw. I ripped up the floors in the house one day while he was sleeping. I was like, look, look at this crack in this stone. Maybe if I just take, <laughs> maybe if I just take it out and let me see what's under here and see if the other stones loose. He was like, nope, 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 nope. Give me that, put that right back in. <laughs> He's like, put that right back in there. but. I wind up getting my way anyway and kind of like 
Look at this floor. This, this stone is cracked. We need all new stone floors in this section of the house. If I knew how to make furniture, I would. My thing is decorating and just painting and just changing up. But now that I'm moving into this geode space, I feel like everything that I have now is garbage. <laughs> and I need to have a carpenter come in and build me some type of beautiful shelving system with lights just to display my stuff. Mm. What do you think? I love it. <laughs> Overdoing it. <laughs> Talk a little bit about the power of incense. Mm. Do you use incense? Yeah, so I was taught to smoke out my house as a child. Now, every first Friday of the month, my mother would walk around the house with her incense pot swinging, and she'd smoke us all out with her charcoal, frankincense, and myrrh. But as the time has evolved, and people's spiritual evils have evolved as well, mm. I've graduated to throw in some sage on that, mm -hmm. some dragon's blood on that. Mm -hmm. And dragon's blood is a step above sage, if you don't know. How it was described to me is if we think about the Etch-A-Sketch toy. For those of you who do not know what the Etch-A-Sketch is, it was our pre-tablet tablet. tablet. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was buttons. red, it had two knobs at the bottom and you just twist and turn it and you can create some beautiful paintings if you knew how to use it right. And then when it was done, you just shake, shake it, it up and it disappears. And you start over. Start all over again. So the guy told me, it's like an Etch-A-Sketch. He said, sage just smooths out the lines. It makes it nice and smooth. And he said, the dragon's blood is when you shake the etch and sketch and it erases everything and allows you to restore the canvas and puts your spiritual energy back in place. Nice. So that's what I use. And if you have some serious mojo going on in your space, you can throw some uncrossing incense on top of that too. But that's a huge concoction. I would hate to be in that apartment when that smoking is going mm. on. So I start from the back of the house and smoke my way out through the front door to get the negative energies out. And then I smoke from the front door to the back with charcoal, sweet grass, and Palo Santo to bring the positive and prosperous energies back in. Mm, okay. Do you sage? Do you I sage? Do you use incense? Well, yes. <laughs> I do. I put the charcoal because I know that's what helps the fire going. I put some frankincense. I put some myrrh. And I put some evil be gone. I also put something to invite love. That's what it says on the mm -hmm. bottle. And I clean and I wipe with rose water. I say different psalms. And I, didn't, I just do it from front to back. I never knew to do it from back, back to, to front, front. Yeah. <laughs> and to bring it back in. Removing. So I'm on the right track, yeah. but, you know, I just got to fine-tune it a little bit more. Well, I'm a sage and Palo Santo girl. I like frankincense and myrrh because I normally see that at the shul, the frankincense and myrrh. Sage smudge stick is in every room in my house. The bathroom, there's a sage smudge stick. The kitchen window, there's a sage smudge stick. The dining room, there's a sage smudge stick every where my cats <laughs> and my dog, they love it. Well, if I light sage, the cat, my outside cat, I have an outside cat. The outside cat comes home. Mm. Oh, yeah, he knows I'm burning the sage. He comes home. The inside cat comes down, and they just lay in the living room floor and let the smoke just encompass them. And what I've learned is that that's how cats re-energize mm -hmm. through sage. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Also, when tension gets a little thick in my house, I learned to light a little sage and everything calms down. Besides, 
It's one of the best air disinfectants in the world. It is. If you don't mistake it for weed. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Anybody smoke weed up in here? <laughs> who that, who that, who that? <laughs> this is Nadia coming at you live. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do engage in smoking marijuana. Well, it's legal now. I mean, I've had nothing but positive experiences smoking <laughs> weed. <laughs> from my thoughts and dreams coming to fruition, from All it right. calming me down, from chopping up people, to it assisting my confidence levels with taking tests and scoring next rounds on interviews and pitches. I believe that everything negative being said about marijuana is propaganda. Ah, I hear that. I actually never, ever smoked weed before in my life, never tasted it or anything. My grandmother told me, and my, my great-grandmother that raised me, she told me it was a gateway drug to crack. And I grew up in the 80s. I wanted no parts of anything related to crack. Exactly. There was a lot of drug addiction in my family during that time that ruined the economic wealth of very high-end middle-class families, and I wanted no parts of it. I had a boyfriend one time that said, you're too high-strung. You need to smoke some marijuana. So he tried to give me some marijuana. He was like, here, take here, take a smoke of this. Take a... I was like, how dare you? You're trying to ruin my life. <laughs> I went ballistic. <laughs> Why would you give me drugs? You're trying to give me drugs? Drug. Oh, yeah. I just, I went off. <laughs> I went off because I was so petrified. My grandmother really ingrained it. So I was petrified that I was going to be like a drug addict out on the street if I took one puff of this. <laughs> Marijuana. That is crazy. And my grandmother used to call it marijuana. That's how, yeah, marijuana. That's how they pronounced it. <laughs> it's <how laughs> Mary Jane. And it's crazy because the guy who told you to puff that friggin' blunt, his father, used to grow marijuana in the backyard. Clyde. <laughs> we had huge marijuana trees in our backyard. Growing and marijuana is a parasite, so it will live off of any of the other crops in the backyard. So, if you're growing any plants or vegetation, it'll kill it because it's living off of those crops and it would grow so huge, people would jump over our fence at night to steal the marijuana off the trees. So, my mother got mad one day and she poured bleach in the roots of the marijuana tree and killed it. And my father came home and he was beef and you pour bleach in my plant you pour bleach in my and she's like I have no idea what it is you're talking about denied it <laughs> denied it to this day mm. but yeah we grew up with marijuana in the Did house I know all you the that? time yeah really mm-hmm. all I saw was corn and tomatoes uh, <laughs> probably after she killed it <laughs> <laughs> the corn crops came up the tomato crops oh, came we, up we ate everything. well that brings us to another area though and that's the area of spiritual readings for guidance, fighting versus embracing it. I was watching about two weeks ago inside the mind of Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. And if you don't pay attention within the first three minutes, you will miss this. Mm. The commentator was talking about Bill Gates' daily schedule. And she said, 8 o'clock, he does his AI artificial intelligence check. 9 a.m., he has his daily tarot reading. And I was like, whoop. Babe, did you hear that? He was like, uh, yeah. I said, no, did you hear what I thought I heard? 
He was like, I think so. I said, I thought I heard them say that Bill Gates has a nine o'clock tarot reading every morning, a standing appointment where he bases the rest of his day off of his tarot reading. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I'm working on embracing other spiritual insights instead of just fighting it. Because that's not what I grew up with. You know, it wasn't in my household and stuff like that. So I don't shun away from it. I don't, you know, shun anybody that does it. But I'm just embracing and just trying to figure out, you know, what does it all mean? What kind of insight can it provide? Right. Mm -hmm. That's it. But, guys, we're going to uh, wrap this episode up. I want you guys to really think about Royal Family, where you are spiritually. What is your inspiration? What is your grounding foundation? What tools do you use do you have a sacred space or if you're interested in creating a sacred space, what are your creative endeavors, some of the things that you like to do that you love that will elevate you, that, that you're passionate about, that you can do it all day for free and be happy, as well as identifying spiritual guidance and what spiritual guidance look like and means to you. Don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and share button. Don't forget that you can follow us and find us at Try Empress on IG and Twitter, or you can just Google us, the Empress High Council. We are everywhere. So we're going to close out this episode with our one final thought. Don't, Don't take, take swimming, swimming lessons from drowning people. people.